what would it look like to start on your own? And I was like, oh, it'll be too expensive and it's just, it's just not going to work. And when we worked out numbers, it really wasn't that expensive at all. And it was a myth that I was telling myself as a way to keep myself comfortable. Welcome to the Property Management Podcast with That Property Mum. I'm your host, Kylie Walker. I'm a former television sports journalist and mother of four turned co-owner of a million dollar real estate brand. Each week, I teach women in the property management industry all the best tips to help you balance your career and family, grow your dream business, master your fear, boost your confidence and conquer your mindset. Ready to get started? Let's dive in. Welcome to the Property Management Podcast. I am so grateful that you are here listening to this episode. So you want to start a property management business, or maybe you want to grow your existing business, but you're feeling stuck and you might have tried a few strategies the experts recommended, but it's not really working for you. So now you feel like giving up, or maybe you're not really feeling like you're cut out for business development. And if that sounds like you, I want you to stop right there. When it comes to property management growth, there is no magic wand. It takes patience, it takes thought, and a heck of a lot of perseverance. It could also take the helping hand of a friend who has walked the path before you and has the runs on the board, so to speak. And that friend, well, it could be very could very well be me. And in case you've missed it, the doors are currently open to my most popular online course, The Growth School. Inside, you'll receive step-by-step instruction on how to grow your business and your income. It's literally the strategies that I have used to grow my own seven-figure business. So if you are serious about growing and you want to be shown exactly what to do, then head to the link in the show notes and find out more about my growth school. And if you want to learn more about growing your property management business, then you need to listen to today's episode. I share another property manager's story on how she went from working in corporate in a pretty cushy role in property management and relationship management consulting to starting her own business that has given her more freedom personally and financially than she ever thought possible. Sophie Annapliotis is now the Director of Property Management at Real Estate Geelong. She helps first-time investors and clients with growing a portfolio, and her property management service is built on the reputation of providing a valuable and profitable experience that is transparent, reliable, and personal. Sophie has a unique approach to building a sustainable growth business model that centers around client education. She believes investing and portfolio management is a personal journey and each property owner has their own investing style, financial and lifestyle goals. So she offers a personalized strategic management plan and that is exactly how she approaches property management for her clients. And if you're experiencing fear around starting your own business or growing your own business and you don't know what to do or you feel like you don't have enough money or you don't have the confidence Believe me, you are not alone. And Sophie shares her journey on how she overcame all of that stuff to simply believe in herself and how she wanted to run a property management business. There's some great business, marketing and self-development advice. 
that I think you'll have some great aha moments and takeaways from. So let's dive in to this episode. Sophie, thank you so much for joining me on the Property Management Podcast. Now, before we dive in, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you got started as a property manager? Thanks, Kylie. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. Um, my name is Sophie Alpios, and I'm the Director of Property Management, well, Director of Property Management for REG Group, which has been in all this real estate Geelong, and started off in real estate in 2010. And then from 2018 to 2020, I went into business development uh, consulting and then ended up starting my own business in 2020. The uh, dreaded 2020, you started in the, the height of COVID. A year, uh, so, year of reflection. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about that story. Uh, start off, I guess, with telling us why you decided to um, or where you're at when you decided to start going into your own business and what did that journey look like for you? There's no straight answer for that, so I'm just going to roll into it. When, when COVID here, it was a little bit sort of backtracking before that. Um, when I was working in property management for the first eight years, I went into, I started off as trainee, get in, learn everything as you do when you're a trainee, um, and then ended up going into property management and doing day-to-day -day, uh, client management. And then I loved the long-term relationship and the relationship build inside property management, which then led to business development. Um, I helped open up a third office for an agency locally and then I went to working for a corporate agency where it was KPI structures, got to do what you got to do, close the deal. And as much as that was a great challenge for me, it didn't resonate with how I wanted to be with my clients. And when I started looking into volume, you know, having that volume model, and what that means for the bottom line of an agency, I started seeing that there were a lot of um, discrepancies in terms of what, as a property manager, you want to do versus the stresses that you have within the agency. And I was starting to see that all of the efforts that were being made to close deals, to get doors and to grow quickly, it was being leaked out through the other end. And been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> so when you realise that, that it wasn't aligned with your goals. Yeah. And it was it was more um, understanding where the directors and where the agency was at versus who I wanted to be in the market and who I wanted to be as a property manager. And when I brought up saying, I, I pretty much said to them, look, we're, we're growing really quickly. We were averaging 28 a month, uh, which was, which was, awesome but we were losing almost about the same and I said look I can see here that there's all this focus on growth which is the standard sales tactic however if we put a little bit of focus into our property managers making sure that they're taken care of and focusing on the customer experience looking at why people are leaving you may actually end up yeah, we might not grow as quickly, but we'll retain. And 
it was just a concept that didn't really resonate with the with the agency at the time. And when that when I realized that the way that I thought versus the way that they wanted to um, the way that they wanted to run the business wasn't aligned, I went, okay, well, I need to find my fit. I need to find something that that suits me. And that's when I started looking into sustainable growth models and what it means to retain an uplift rather than putting all the focus on marketing, advertising, uh, business development, closing deals. And I really, my, I ended up finding a love for retention service rather than just the standard business development, which is where I started looking at sustainable growth models. And that led me to working for a, a prop tech group and started doing some consulting in that space. And it was, in effect, it was my job to go in and help the agencies across Australia to understand how to use digital products to grow their business. But I was seeing the same trend over and over again of agents that just want to close deals, but they don't have that human touch. And that was the part that I felt was missing in my experience as a property manager. And that was the journey of sort of what led me to wanting to start my own business was to see how how I felt, if I put it into reality, could you actually build a solid, sustainable, uh, could you build a good business of purely service retention and all the things that as property managers we wish that our directors would understand? And that's where I'm at today. I absolutely love that. And I have been on that a very similar journey. A lot of what you said then um, really resonated with me. And and I want to go back to that sustainable growth model uh, down the track. But first of all, I just want to focus on um, talking about when you were going out to start your own business. Um, what did that look like for you? Um, I, I'm sure there was a lot of fear. I know for me personally, yeah. started, there was a lot of fear. Um, there was a lot of imposter syndrome. And, um, and then I also want to touch on, you know, how the, how you actually went about starting, um, you know, budgets and, you know, processes, systems, procedures, how did all of that, tell me, tell me at all. Yeah. So when, when I looked at starting the business, it was actually my partner who had brought it up and he brought me outside of my imposter syndrome. And I felt a lot of comfort of always being a support and that advocate for someone else. That's that's the place that I love to be in. So the thought of me promoting me as a brand and you should come to me because of me, that was very uncomfortable to think about why would people come to me. And there's something that I still that I still work on to to sort of to build the confidence around around that. Um, but that was why I always thought, all right, well, I'm just going to continue to help others shine and to work with them rather than working for myself. But then when it's a um, moment of reflection during COVID, my partner um, was the one who challenged the idea and said, what would it look like to start on your own? And I was like, oh, it'll be too expensive and it's just, it's just not going to work. And when we worked out the numbers, it really wasn't that expensive at all. And it was a myth that I was telling myself as a way to keep myself comfortable. And the costs, there were, there were actually two cost models that we looked at. And one was the cost to just go straight, do it all by myself, 
sole regional sole director in as well. A uh, you know, sort of franchise model or connecting you with someone else that's already pre-existing and then building the portfolio from there. Um, there were a couple of, which we won't go into today, um, but I ended up connecting with a existing agency that had a, a sales arm already there. And because of that reason, we ended up getting the costings. It was around 27 to 30 grand to start off with if you were just to do everything by the book on your own. But then the cost to do a model such as, you know, you've got Coronas, you've got a lot of those models that are out there to support agents while they're getting off the ground. Um, mine wasn't sure franchise model was a, um, a range with a salary agent who shared the same values and alignment with me. And that ended up bringing the cost down to about $12,000. So that's all, that's all you needed to start yep. the business? Yep. yep. And even and even before we made that arrangement, we were still trying to run lean and see what we could do with $15,000. And I had taken out a $12,000 personal loan and went, went right, this is, this is my budget for the first 12 months. Okay, tell me. Would you like to make maintenance your superpower? Well, you can. And you don't even need to tell anyone, it's all thanks to Tappy, a powerful property care software that takes all the pain, stress, and chaos out of dealing with maintenance and turns it into a predictable process that is reliable and frictionless, where every maintenance process is a smooth experience for everyone, with value adds that your owners and tenants will absolutely love. And it seamlessly integrates with your property management software too. And here's the bonus, it can actually help grow your business as well. And if you're rolling your eyes at me right now and thinking, yeah, right, I've heard all this before, then do yourself a favor and book in for a demo at tappy.com.au. Mention that property mum and receive one month free on Tappy. Love it. And talk to me then about how you stuck to that budget, how you grew the business. What did you do to grow yeah. the business? Because um, obviously your budget was tight. There wasn't a lot for marketing. So how did you get 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 the, the initial management in, in the door? I did no marketing at all. Everything, it, it went back to the core of what I wanted to build and the core was building relationships. So the first 18 months to two years was all about building relationships. I started building a bit of a social media presence, started dabbling in videos, but didn't do anything really that cost any money as such. Um, and it was all just through word of mouth, building referrals, building trust with um, external B2B partners and going into the investor education side, of it, which is how I grew like my different in the market. That's amazing. Or share a little bit more about that um, because that is your point of difference um, to your competitors in that Geelong area. So talk to me about what does that investor education model or journey look like? The investor education, when I when I started looking at the client life cycle of at, at what point did I want to have initial contact with a client or when did I want my um, the partners who trusted 
made with their clients to first get in contact, I realized that it was, I wanted to be able to make contact with them or them contact me before they purchase a property or before they're deciding to put the property on the market. And when I started looking at that process, it was it was more to do with making sure that A, they're getting the right education from the beginning so that they're making calculated decisions because everything I do is around making sure it's aligned with what they want to achieve and their um, well, and, and financially that it's going to make sense to them. And there's a, a lot of investors are educated to get in contact with a property manager when it's time to put the property on the market, but then they may have missed a lot of things which will end up costing them money in the long run that they didn't factor in to their bottom line over a 12-month projection. So I started educating my referral, my, my, my trusted partners on the reason why it's so important to get me involved sooner in the mix rather than later. And that's how the investor education and the investment. So now I work with mortgage brokers, accountants, investment strategists, um, buyers, advocates to be on ground and look at potential properties as well. And they can even do that direct with me. That a buyer's agent is really good because then they can help negotiation and all that sort of as well. Um, and that's where it all sort of came from. And now, even if they're looking at 12 months, like I've got one that I've been talking to for the last 12 months, and now he contacted me last week just to get an update on the market, and his property is still about six to eight months back. But it gave me more opportunity to connect with more people to build a pipeline. Yep. And that's the one thing in, in, in starting business, you don't have a pipeline. And to build a pipeline, especially when you don't have a, a client base or you're not connected into a larger agency that's just pre-feeding you um, opportunities, that's the part that I needed to work on to make sure that there was sustainable amount of uh, leads that were coming in to be able to nurture and grow over time. I love that. You've just shared a really valuable lesson. And I just hosted a workshop uh, yesterday talking about those exact um, ideas that you mentioned then. Um, it, one thing is it's just because you don't get a lead today, it could take 12 months, it could take 18 months. It's really valuable to keep nurturing that client. And in real estate terms, it's it's de- it's you know working your pipeline. They come in at the top and you want to get them out the other end as a paying mm-hmm. uh, customer. And you're right, it's all about that consistent lead generation as well because um, the, lead, the, lead, the more leads you've got coming in, the more opportunities you've got to convert mm-hmm. into paying clients. And, and the more value that you're giving them before their time, you don't know who they're talking to either. And it helps with building that, that, that credibility of um, being able to give them that value and that education before you're ready. And then when they're talking to um, someone who is helping them on the journey, so just say if they get in contact with an insurance broker and then they share what they've done in that journey, you never know where that's going to lead to because it's, you know, having the insurance broker then get in contact and then being able to help on that journey that then also builds another relationship and builds another, builds more trust. Um, so I know that, you know, there needs to be a good mix between having leads that are coming in within the next month and then leads, sorry, I've got a spoiler. Um, 
So having leaves that are going to be happening over the next over the next four weeks, and then ones that are happening long term, of course, you need to have a good mix to make sure that you're not waiting 12 months for 20, 30, 40 properties to come in. But it's also the relationships that you build along the way, and um, they can be as valuable as having a joint with that potential investor. Yep. And I think you've actually just explained a sustainable growth model perfectly there. Um, do you want to elaborate a little bit more on how you are building that sustainable growth model for yourself and maybe give some tips to anyone listening who's looking to start their own business? What should they be doing um, to be building this sustainable growth model? Yeah, definitely. And this is the first phase when you're starting off solo, if feels like a yoga. You feel like it's just you're going from just focusing purely on growth and then the growth comes in and then you feel like you need to stop <laughs> and stop growing so then you can focus on the systems and retention and the customer experience and then your hip goes into that and then you're like, great, I'm happy with that now. Now I need to go back and focus on growth again because pipeline is building, I haven't been networking, I haven't been... Uh, you know, connecting with my partners enough, running enough education, so the pipeline drive, and it's a constant back and forth. And that was me for probably the first 12 months. Um, when I first started the business, I know that um, generally business development life cycles were in three months. So if you're building pipeline for three months, then that's generally when you start seeing the results. That's what the that's generally what I've found um, in people that I've worked with and, and also in my own experience. So I spent the first three months just getting out there, connecting with people, and then when I officially launched the business at the end of 2020, I was averaging one week for the first eight weeks, which was really great. And then I was able to put all the systems and processes in place and actually see whether what I built out is actually going to work. <laughs> and <laughs> so, and um, and that's when I was like, okay, now I've got a couple of clients that have come in. Now I'm going to get customer retention focus, make sure that they have the best experience that they can get, because it's easier to upgrade and to build to build more opportunities through existing clients and to hit the time energy to to go and and look for others. So there's there's always going to be a bit of an ebb and flow of where I've got my time and attention when it comes to development, depending on what stage of growth I'm at. And right now where I've now got myself and a and my EA, which is my boss really, I pay her to be my boss and to um, you know run the business and and um, the day to day and everything. And that's made a lot better because I can spend more time doing pipeline close and deals and um and really nail in my sales process because that always changes over time as well. So then the customer experience can really be focused on all the time as well. So now it's um having that second person there has made it way more sustainable instead of me just feeling like from one way to another way. There's been so much talk of stress, overwhelm and burnout in property management lately. Do you want to know how I overcame all of that? Yes, I hit rock bottom multiple times, but I got myself a virtual assistant. Actually, not just one, 
but three. But I didn't just get any VA, I got a PMVA. What are they? Well, they are the most well-trained in the business. And not only that, you also have a backup VA. So that essentially, your business is never without admin support ever again. And my health, time and business has never looked back. Your PMVA can take care of tasks like rent arrears, lease preparation and renewals, maintenance follow-up, routine inspection bookings, data entry, audits, prospecting, inbox management, and so much more. And the best part of implementing a PMVA in my business was that it freed up my time and my team's time to take care of important things like customer service. What makes me feel so safe is that PMVA is owned by Tiffany Botel, both here and in the Philippines, making my data secure and giving me more control over the VA arrangement. So head to the link in the show notes to book in your discovery call with Lady Boss Tiff. I can um, totally relate to that. When I started, I think I've sat in every seat in my business. Uh, I didn't put as much thought into my business. I really love how much thought that you have put into this, um, planning it out. Um, you've thought of, you know, the customer experience, which is, is in my opinion, is the most important part mm-hmm. of bringing in. A, and that's a tenant experience as well. I think a lot of people yeah. forget that the tenant is our client as well. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be a good experience because happy tenant makes it a way easier vacate at the end of the day. Um, but I sat in every single seat and you are a yo-yo and you are pulled from pillar to post. And it took me 13 years to get where you are in just a short two years. So um, I really take my hat off to you. I think that's amazing. So maybe just share with where you're at now in terms of your growth and what, now that you've, your budget, you've got the income flowing in, um, maybe if you wouldn't mind sharing some of the marketing ideas or the growth ideas that you've got moving forward. And you've obviously come from a prop tech space as well. So I'm assuming um, tech plays a bit of a role in your um, growth as a one woman show. Yeah, huge. So it was the, the first couple of years I wanted to trial and see what it would be like doing it old school. So I didn't focus on a lot of tech and things like that. And I ran super lean. So there's a lot of programs that I used when I was starting the business purely based on price and not because of what I wanted to use long term. And that has its benefits. But then when it comes to migrating over to a better system, that also creates more time and more energy. So there's a lot of lessons that I learned along the way. And if I had budgeted a, budgeted a little bit more, I may have made different decisions around what software to use from the beginning. Um, but that was a learning lesson for me. I was like, I got 12 grand, let's just see how it goes. You know, so it was. Um, uh, and I, I used different systems that, um, that I'm definitely not using today. And that was the, one of the lessons that I learned is that um, doesn't matter what you have in your head, it will change as the business grows. There's no such thing as the perfect system, the perfect tech stack. It will evolve as your business evolves. Um, so now I've gone from having not that many systems to now having too many systems. Because I went into growth and went focused on customer experience, and now I'm at the point where now I need to look at how efficiently I'm using the systems and how they are feeding into customer experience. And now, when um, 
um, you know, other technology that that I won't sh- like it's going into a fair bit. That there's another um, uh, another CRM that's coming out that's actually been built um, with a property manager who's been using it for the last couple of years on the ground. So it's really exciting stuff um, that's coming through. That that is to try and create important and experience that six different platforms, which is one of the biggest issues that we have as property managers. How can we continue to run lead for spending five, six, seven hundred dollars a month on stuff that we have maybe 10% of or 20% of? Um, and that's where the business is now. But then from a marketing perspective, so that's more um, uh, being smarter with how I'm running the day-to-day. Which is very important with sustainable models, where your money is going, um, but then also the growth opportunity. And I'm now um, leveraging online a, a lot more. So, doing more videos. Um, I'm running an investor evening next month, uh, like a property investor evening, and that's going to be both streamed online to our online investor community through a connection that I have that I, that I work closely with as well as face-to-face and I've made that this is the first time that I've been able to have the income and have the ability to create a charity event which is very close to my values and close to my heart so it's really I'm really glad that I'm at the point in business that I can do that and we have the ability to do that now and that's just going to um, help me to connect with more people who share some values as well so Love it is going on, yeah. So, uh, so that so online is is an area you're focusing on the investor education, taking that online, and also getting involved in your local community and charities. Yep. Um, are you kind of your growth strategies that you're going to focus on at the moment? Yep. Love it. I love it. And um, now I love personal development, and I'm assuming you do as well. Talk to our audience about, or share with our audience, I should say, some um, a personal development tool that you love, a book, a resource, a podcast, um, or even just a little, um, you know, habit that you do every day. Personal development for me is a huge, huge thing. I started personal development at the age of 21. Um, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety to the point where I was blacking out. And it was not, and now that I recognise what it is that's causing it, it was more to do with not understanding how to put boundaries in place, how to manage my time, how to manage conversations, which was leading me to going to overwhelm. And personal development for me was brought in a level of self-awareness that I never learned during high school, you know, you don't learn that stuff when you're growing up um, unless you have, unless you're brought up in that sort of environment. And if that that was super important for me, I continue to do self-awareness and personal development because little things pop up at, at any given time. Um, so I went from doing um, group personal development, self-awareness, um, stuff and then through COVID, I then went um, down the path of learning about meditation and breath work, and that really, really helped me. And I still use that every day. Meditation and breath work is huge for me. 
Um, and then as I'm getting, um, as I'm on the road, getting busier, um, my health and what I'm putting, what I'm eating is playing a huge part on my energy levels and my mindset as well. I'm starting to notice that if I spend a couple of days eating crap, I'm going to feel like crap and I'm going to perform like crap. Um, so that's really what I'm focusing on at the moment is having awareness around what I'm putting in my body and how I'm taking care of myself from that point of view. That, I love that. so important and we don't put enough focus on that, that side of thing, especially the eating side of things. I think when you get busy, especially in property management, um, you, you barely even take time for lunch. So um, I think, yeah, you know, looking after ourselves is key. And I do breath work and meditation as well. And I um, would be lost without it now as one of my habits. So uh, thank you so much for, for joining us. Now, how can our audience um, connect with you and reach out to you further? Well, my handle is just next to my name. So you can reach out to me uh, on Facebook and Instagram through the Jordan Property Management handle. Um, and I'm sure that I'll be able to uh, share my email address and contact details. I will. I'll share them all in the show notes. Um, thank you. I have absolutely loved having that conversation. Um, I think you, you've uh, built, building an amazing business uh, and I can't wait for other people who are sitting on the fence about starting their own business to hear this episode. So thank you so much, Sophie. Thanks, Kylie. Property inspections, entries, exits, incomings, outgoings, routine inspections, whatever you call them, you have to do them. And I remember when I first started as a property manager, you had to handwrite the reports and take notes on a digital camera, then upload the photo memory card to your computer and hope and pray that they weren't all blurry or your computer had enough memory to store them. But gone are those days, thanks to Inspection Express. Now, Inspection Express is not only the number one tool used by leading property managers across Australia and New Zealand, but the leader in groundbreaking new tech in the industry with the launch of 360 degree virtual tours. Now virtual tours is upping the ante, giving landlords, owners and directors unparalleled 360 degree virtual access to their properties. So head to the link in the show notes to book in your free demo with Inspection Express. If you love the Property Management Podcast, you've got to check out the PM Collective, hosted by my friend, Ashley Goodchild. She discusses things like how to have awkward conversations about pay rises, um, yes please, how to raise the bar in property management, and why so many people just seem to fall into the industry. You've got to love stories like that. She'll leave you with great advice, actionable steps to take, and let you know that you're not alone in any of the challenges that you face. So be sure to check out the PM Collective wherever you get your podcasts. Can I ask you a quick favor before you leave this episode? Now we all know how important reviews are for businesses these days and mine is no different. If you could spare just a minute to follow, rate and review this podcast, it would mean a lot to me. In fact, what would get me super excited is if you share this podcast with someone in the industry who you think might need to hear some of the episodes right now. And if you'd like to find out more about working with me or any of the products I have to help you start, grow or scale your property management business, 
head to my website, thatpropertymum.com.au or check out the links in the show notes.